Stowaways. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Sarah. And today we're having a more laid back episode where we're each doing a top five list of the most haunted or unusual places that we'd each like to go. And we'll also be sharing two listener stories as well as some personal encounters with the other side. (laughs) But how was your week, Kels? Did you do anything fun and exciting? I didn't specifically do anything fun or exciting, but I did just buy a ticket yesterday to go see Greta Van Fleet again. Concert tickets are exciting. Yeah, it is. I will be seeing them for the third time Mm -hmm. in literally less than a year. Literally. But it's in September, so I'm super excited. Mm. But how about you? I know we've both been so busy this week, and we haven't even, like, talked, talked since our sleepover. Mm -hmm. Abby's back from Chicago, so I'm just thrilled, (laughs) you know? I'm dog sitting, so it's a lot uh, back and forth and packing Mm -hmm. things up for me now. The end of January to mid-February has just been like super busy and will continue to be for Abby and I. Pet sitting and dog watching has become one of my side hustles that just kind of fell into my lap. (laughs) Uh, I just connect with animals really well, too. The dad (laughs) of some of the animals I watch. I'm watching them while he goes to Mardi Gras in New Orleans Ooh. this year. Yeah, super jealous. Yeah. My grandfather used to go a lot, and he'd always bring back some ritualistic doll or something spooky or magic-related mm-hmm. or, like, a drawing from a street artist. Yeah. And, wow, like, how that's shaped me <laughs> as a human, you know? <laughs> but all of my pets are really glad that Obby's home, too, so that's extra cute. Yeah. yeah. Love my little fam. I love your little fam, too. Yeah. I love being an auntie to your cats. Cat aunt. Canty. Canty Kelsey. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So getting right into the spookiness today, our very first listener story told on the pod is from Rich. So thanks so much, Rich, for sharing your experience with us and for letting us share it with our listeners. Yeah. Thanks, Rich. So Rich says... Hello, Kelsey and Sarah, or should I just address you by the castaways? Either either, either way. Either is fine. Whatever feels more natural. Yeah. <laughs> to get started, my name is Rich, and I've lived in Texas all my life. I work as a corrections officer, and actually so does my brother. Yeah. So maybe we'll do like a haunted prisons episode someday. Anyways, Rich says... But my first working experience was at an intake facility where I worked from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. One night around 3 a.m., which I know is a joke on the podcast. (laughs) It is. It is, yeah. (laughs) But it genuinely did occur at 3 a.m. I believe you. (laughs) Me too. When I was working on a lower security housing unit, my partner and I heard an extremely loud banging sound. None of the prisoners should have been out of their bunks at this time, so I asked my partner, who was an older officer, what the sound could be. He very deliberately told me that the unit we were working on was haunted. They said that the sound was coming from a door of a small, quiet cell down the hallway. A prisoner had died in that cell years earlier. Not believing in ghosts at this point of my life, I walked down the hallway by myself, fully thinking that my partner was pulling my leg. 
The sound of the banging increased as I got closer to the cell, and when I arrived, the door itself was visibly shaking as if someone was pounding on it. I even touched the bars to make sure it wasn't my eyes playing tricks on me, but I actually felt the metal vibrating in my hand. That's wild. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My next experience occurred at the same facility, but in a different housing unit. Around 1 or 2 a.m., Nothing good happens after 2 a.m. It doesn't. I was sitting inside of the office station, watching the cameras and talking to my partner. In the camera I'm watching, suddenly I see a prisoner walk in and sit at a table in our day room. The day room was close to where I was sitting, and I stood up to escort the prisoner back to his cell, except there is no longer any prisoner in the day room, and looking back at the camera, I realized that he's no longer on there either. I had my partner rewind the camera tape so I can see where the prisoner might have gone, but by this time, my partner and I are both dumbfounded as the prisoner on camera slowly fades until he's completely vanished. My partner and I rewatched that tape over and over, but we could never ascertain as to how any of that occurred, except to blame it on the paranormal. I... Yeah, I've never heard of something like that. <laughs> no, I, I don't even think like any ghost hunter has caught something no. like that. Wow, on TV at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the last experience I'll share with you, as I have multitudes, also happened in the same housing unit. One night, as I was doing my rounds, I noticed a wet floor sign that had been left out in the middle of the hall, across from a supply closet. The floor had been cleaned earlier in the day, so I picked up the sign and put it back in the closet. Hours later, my partner joined me in the office station and told me that he had to put the wet floor sign away because someone had left it out. I told him that I already put it away earlier. Thinking that someone was playing a joke on us, I went back to the hallway to lock the supply door. Imagine my curiosity when I turn the corner and notice, again, that the wet floor sign is standing in the middle of the floor. I went to put it back, hopefully this time for good, but before I reached the sign, I watched, with my own two eyes, the sign lean over on two legs before crashing to the floor. That might be scary enough for some, but what happened next gave me genuine, hair-raising goosebumps. After the sign had crashed to the floor, it then dragged itself over, or something had dragged it over, to the supply closet, as if it were taunting me. I figured that someone else could deal with the sign, (laughs) so I turned heel and left. (laughs) I never did touch the sign again. I don't know why, but I just feel like a working prison would be the scariest place to experience paranormal activity. Mm -hmm. Like you're already dealing with criminals and now you got to deal with ghosts too. (laughs) It's it's not the gig for me. (laughs) Such a great story though. So Mm -hmm. thanks Thanks, again. Yeah. For sending it in. Our next listener story is from Jazz. And thank you for submitting your story, too. We certainly do appreciate our listeners. Jazz says, Hi, Castaways. Love your podcast. Hi. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I've listened to every episode so far. Wow. Thanks. Love that. (laughs) I know. But I love your personal stories the most. Because my mom and I grew up in haunted houses, so we can relate. Mm. And you both always say that we can submit our own stories. So here's mine. First, my mom lived in a house that her uncle had died in, and she thinks he stayed in the house after he died. 
He was a piano player, and he taught my mom to play when she was young. He liked playing jokes on people and scaring them, which is such an uncle thing to do. Also such a ghostly piano player thing to do. I know. <laughs> like, yeah. Ghostly, ghostly pianos just freak me out a little. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's There's very haunting. about them. Yeah. So in this personal story, my mom, Anne, thinks it was her uncle trying to scare her. One day after he had passed, my mom sat at his old piano and started playing, but abruptly stopped when she felt something touch her on the back. She turned around, but there was no one there. She started playing again, and she said it was only a few seconds later when something touched her again, only this time it felt like someone jabbed their fingers into her sides. After he died, she also said that things in the house would start moving on their own, not in front of anybody, but they'd leave for the day and come back and things would be in places no one would put them in, like the TV remote ending up in their bread basket or their sugar dish would be upstairs in the bathroom somehow. Sugar scrub? <laughs> oh, Listen, maybe. the ghost he just wants to exfoliate. <laughs> I mean, self-care. <laughs> but the weirdest thing that had moved was when my mom went to get milk from the fridge, only it wasn't there. So she searched around, thinking that someone might have absentmindedly put it somewhere else, like the freezer. She didn't find the milk until she went outside hours later to get the mail, where she saw that the milk was sitting on the porch. Hmm. She said she'll never be able to explain how that happened. I didn't grow up in that house, but I grew up in another haunted house that we think was haunted by the previous family who lived there. It was only my mom and I, but our neighbors would regularly ask us who the older woman living with us was. Oh, God, I hate that. Because they'd see an old woman outside sitting on our porch. (gasps) Isn't that so creepy? (laughs) I guess if they ever tried talking to her, she'd never answer. I know. Even if it was like a living person, that's still creepy. It's still creepy. Ghost or living. Agreed. I know. (laughs) We heard a lot of footsteps in the house too, and doors would open on their own. The creepiest part of that house though, probably doesn't seem like it would be creepy, but it was. I swear that a ghost dog lived in that house too. It was creepy because I know that I saw a dog walking through our house on a ton of different occasions, but I never saw the full thing. I'd only see the tail going around a corner, or I'd see four legs walk into a different room. Like I said, it probably doesn't sound creepy, but it is when you're sitting on your bed and you look towards your door that's open, and you watch something dark and furry walk by that doesn't belong in your house. I feel like I've had similar things happen there. Mm. Like dead pets or... Sort of. Maybe not even my pets, but just something that lived here before. Or just something passing through. Yeah. Like you feel a brush against your leg. Yeah. Or it just feels like an animal. Sometimes I see like things out of the corner of my eyes and I think it's a cat. But then they're all like napping in the bedroom. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. No. (laughs) No, it was a cat. (laughs) It was for sure a cat. (laughs) Jean? Jean Jean? Tootie? <laughs> Cluggy? <laughs> Pie boy? <laughs> also, speaking of my bed, Jazz's bed. <laughs> <laughs> 
This isn't ghost related, I don't think, but it's still really weird. One time, I tossed a pair of socks onto my bed and I watched them land. I turned around to grab my phone, and when I turned back around, the socks had disappeared. I searched all over my room for them and never found them. I shook out all of my blankets and looked under and around my bed, and they were just gone. That happened 11 years ago, and I still don't have those socks. Hmm. I don't think I've ever lost anything to the paranormal. Like, things do turn up for me occasionally, usually crystals that I've Mm. lost. Yeah. After, like, a deep clean, Mm -hmm. like, all the corners, under things. And then the next day, I'll find, like, the quartz Mm -hmm. that I've been missing for three months just, like, on the table. Yes. Bobby didn't put it there. Yep. (laughs) Pie boys? (laughs) Jean? (laughs) Are you cleaning? No. Aww. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I can't remember anything that's just gone missing for me. But do you remember that movie, Halloween Town? Yes. How there's that place or dimension where she goes that like everyone's just lost things mm-hmm. go to. I think about that occasionally when I lose something and it just doesn't turn up. Yes. It's lost in the ether. Yes. Somewhere. <laughs> I think about that all the time. Every day. A- every, every single day. day. It's the first thought <laughs> on my mind when I wake up. It's the last thought on uh-huh. my mind when I go to sleep. Uh-huh. I can relate. <laughs> But I have had my own experiences with stuff going missing only for it to mm-hmm. turn up weeks later. And like you said, it's always right out in the open, mm-hmm. like on a table. But I've had two occasions where I dropped something and they've just vanished seemingly off the face of the air. Hmm. Once was in my freshman dorm where I dropped an earring and it wasn't like a stud. It was like, you know, a dangly mm-hmm. earring. And it was just nowhere to be found. It wasn't on the floor. It wasn't stuck to like the bottom of my shoe. Mm-hmm. My roommate, Elizabeth, even moved our furniture around thinking it might have rolled somewhere, but we never found it. Hmm. My second experience is super weird, though. You're obviously aware, but for our listeners, my dining room has a thicker carpet underneath the table. I was standing next to the table with a pair of scissors in my hand for some reason. <laughs> wow, <Kels>. can't remember. <laughs> you know, therapy's cool. <laughs> I'm okay, I promise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure, Jan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was fidgeting with them when, of course, they dropped out of my hands because I drop everything but i don't know if it's like the aquarius in me or what but i have this weird quirk where when i drop something my first immediate instinct is to just pause and look to the side like i'm looking into a camera on like the office or something and then i'll pick up the thing but i just need those like few seconds of being mad at myself that I make myself do more work of bending down and picking up the thing. Um, So anyway, dropped the scissors, looked at the imaginary camera, went to go pick them up, and they were just nowhere. Hmm. I I even looked in the kitchen and the living room like they would have somehow (laughs) bounced their way in there. Uh, But they went 
off of the wall, ricocheted <laughs> across the mirror, onto the floor, and above the ceiling Did fan. Did a somersault <laughs> off yeah. the couch. <laughs> but, I mean, either that happened and they made their way out the window, or the particular spot. They noped right the fuck out of the Orion's home. Right. We've had enough. We've seen enough. <laughs> We're good. How many gifts do I have to cut the paper for? We do celebrate everything. <laughs> but so it was either that or the floor just opened up and they fell in there. Or Oh, you know, they, the pit. Yeah, you know, where all things go. Or the dimension, the Halloween Town dimension. Yes. Yes, that's where they was. <laughs> and it's in your home. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> or, you know, they could have vanished on their drop down. <laughs> but that's not uh, quite far, mm. seeing as how I'm five feet tall. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> have you ever j- dropped anything and it's just imploded in on itself? <laughs> um... I don't think so. <laughs> Not that I can recall. It's really weird when it happens. Uh, yes. Um, nope. <laughs> I'm going to go with no. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So since I started with <laughs> listener stories today and you're kind of like getting the the uh, the next segments rolling here yeah. with personal experiences with the other side. <laughs> We love sharing these two because we have so many and it really just feels like a more casual hang. Yeah. So do you just want to keep going and then I'll just go after you? Yeah. All right, cool. Keep the ball rolling. Yeah, yeah. And we're all friends here. So I love getting the chance to just kind of sit back and talk about some personal ghost stuff. Mm -hmm. When I was making my list of top five haunted places I want to visit, shadow figures were mentioned at most of the locations, and so I thought I'd share some of my experiences with shadow figures too. Mm-hmm. Some people think that they're demonic, but I don't like I don't mm, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'd say that personally, mm-hmm. but I don't know what they are. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Regardless, I've seen two in my home. And those two didn't scare me, but I saw a giant shadow figure in your last apartment. And that one was a little ooky spooky. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, there was some not so great energy on that street. So, (laughs) yeah. Uh Uh-huh. The first shadow figure I ever saw was actually upstairs in my home. And it happened in broad daylight, which I feel like usually isn't the case. Mm -hmm. The stairs in my home go up to a small landing, and then there's a few more steps to the right that brings you up to the hallway, and then our spare room is at the end of that hallway. We don't have a door to that room now, because it used to be my brother's bedroom, and he had one of those foldable accordion-style doors, Mm -hmm. but it was old and kind of coming apart, and the whole thing ended up falling down after he moved out. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he um, initially blamed me for the door (laughs) falling (laughs) Like, I'm actually Hulk, and I just live to rip down doors. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Siblings, I swear to God. But Mm -hmm. anyways, there's no door. I was walking up the stairs, and it was the afternoon, so it was very bright in the house. And as I made my way up the last steps, I lifted my head and looked into the spare room. 
Leaning against the doorframe is a semi-transparent light gray silhouette of a man, and he had his right arm up above his head and his right foot was crossed over the left. He was so detailed, even though he was the same light gray color all over, I could see like the bunches of fabric in his jeans. Mm -hmm. But as quickly as my brain registered what it was looking at, he vanished. And I never saw him again. Mm. So probably just the person who used to live in the home before. The second time I saw a shadow figure was also in my home. But instead of a shadow figure, I guess I should probably call it like a shadow blob. (laughs) (laughs) I was in my kitchen watching an episode of Forensic Files. Hell yeah. Love that show. As is custom. (laughs) Of course. And our kitchen door opens up to our dining room, and we always keep the door open. Anyway, the episode gets done. I start to head upstairs to my bedroom, and right as I take a step towards the door, this shadow thing floats across the dining room. The Dementor. Yeah. Oh my god, (laughs) yes! That's what it looked like. Mm -hmm. A little bit more solid Mm -hmm. and more wide. (laughs) But that, yeah... I said the best way I could describe it was if somebody took a black, a, like a black bedsheet mm-hmm. and just draped it over their head, <laughs> but this thing like didn't have legs or feet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Dementor, uh-huh. absolutely. Anyway, I actually ran out to try and follow it because I had never seen anything like this in my life. But after I lost eye contact with it, it it was gone. Mm-hmm. Like. By the time it passed the door, mm-hmm. it had vanished. And I still, to this day, have never seen anything like that. Mm. The third and last time I've seen a shadow figure so far was in your old apartment. Oh, God. That place <sighs> just had the most unsettling energy. I always felt watched there. And I know you did, too, because we talked about it. Like, But I can't remember when this experience happened exactly but it was definitely in the winter time maybe like three-ish years ago Mm -hmm. but you were in the kitchen and i was carrying snacks to your living room because we were about to binge destination fear like always (laughs) as we do (laughs) and on the wall which was white i saw this massive shadow figure that was literally almost as tall as the ceiling and it had bent down like i watched it and When it made eye contact with me, it stood right up and became super still. And you could see its shoulders rise up near its head. Like it got scared and gasped at being noticed or something. Like (laughs) I remember when we did a Gonsfeld experiment, I felt that same energy just like Mm -hmm. peering down at us. Every time. Every time. Just pacing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, it, like with trying, its hands yes! on its hips, kind of like looking at <laughs> us, like trying to figure a way in. Like the video, um, the stance of the guy in the video of the, um, shit, what is it? Have, have you seen that? Or what does he say? Would you look at that? Look at that. Oh, <laughs> look yes. at that. Look at look this. At that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. But creepy. <laughs> but creepy. But right. make it spooky. <laughs> yes. And 10 feet tall. <laughs> but that was the night. I don't know if you remember this, but we had done tarot, tarot and oracle readings before the Gonsfeld. And we had our cards like laid out in front of us on the table. And after the Gonsfeld, something moved one of my oracle <gasps> cards right next to me. 
Like we took off the blindfold and there was just an Oracle card like right next to me on a pillow. <gasps> Chloe, was that you? <laughs> With your paws? <laughs> you you have thumbs, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> I've seen shadow figures before here. Uh, like yeah. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> But to me, I just think about them as like Peter Pan, you know, walking on the oh, wall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I like Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More menacing, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> so for my personal experiences, I'm going to start off with an experience I had with a spirit after a seance. So I took these classes at a school for mediumship that's based in New York City, uh, but we had the most fabulous instructor. She's a cancer son, so she has the most nurturing and comforting energy as a practitioner and a seance conductor. Her mom would come out sometimes in our class seances, and it's worth noting, too, that the instructor is also a grief counselor. So we were all just familiar with her energy. It felt like her mother was keeping tabs on us and the development of our abilities as her students. I kind of love that. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'd never seen her, but she was described to us from other students during the seance or from the instructor, just when her mom would give messages to us in our seances. (laughs) So one night I'm laying in bed, it's wicked late and all of the lights are off Then all of a sudden, this woman just pops up right beside me, looks at me like she's inspecting me and goes, "Hmm." and then just leaves. Oh, Mm -hmm. whoa. Yeah. She was in this sort of blue gray A-line button up dress with these white polka dots that could have been like a really small white floral print. Mm. Her hair was pinned back and she had glasses on. She was a real big energy. Mm. Like she just popped right up next to me. (laughs) and was like, whoosh, you know? Yeah. She just seemed like a classy, like Southern black woman who was probably a Sagittarius. (laughs) I love a Sagittarius. But that was it. And next class, I ended up telling her about this. And someone else, I believe, had the same experience. Oh, my <laughs> so God. She, yeah. Yeah. And the instructor was like, yeah, she does that sometimes. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Then my second story is one from a cemetery when my friend Courtney and I were ghost hunting at dusk. I have audio of this too because I was recording it as just a voice memo on my phone in case we ended up getting an EVP. Yeah. (laughs) So Court and I were at this cemetery in Troy. I think it's called St. John's, but I'm kind of just riffing here. I don't know (laughs) Mm -hmm. what that cemetery's called either. (laughs) I have a childhood friend buried there. And Kels, you also have some family there too, Mm -hmm. right? It's close by where my home was growing up that was kind of creepy because there's so many. It's right on a street called Cemetery Cemetery Hill. Hill. (laughs) I thought about telling some stories from that home, but Mm. we'll save them for another time when like we talk about (laughs) mirrors. Yeah, I almost said mortals. (laughs) I was just going to say mirrors and portals. (laughs) You know, but I'll, I'll the mortals. <laughs> <laughs> Which obviously we are not. 
dog. <laughs> I think we've had that clearly established. <laughs> I'll save that for another time when we talk about the mortals. <laughs> so Court and I decide to go for a walk in the graveyard, which is just standard procedure for us. And it was just starting to get dark. It was bright enough that you could still see, but everything was cloaked in that like orangey, purpley, mm-hmm. gray tone. Yeah. We get out of the car, walk around for a bit, and then we just start hearing something. It's worth noting also that we did a lap around to make sure that there was no actual physical mm-hmm. human being with us in there. It's not really a big graveyard either, so you'd kind of know. Right. Then all of a sudden, something starts whistling to us. No. Like, toying with us, like, over here. Uh I can't whistle, so I can't do it, but it was like that, (laughs) hoo-hoo. We both said, oh my god, did you hear that? (laughs) Bro, was that you? (laughs) Then Cork goes, that was you, fuck it! (laughs) And we both bolt to her truck, start freaking out. Clearly, it wasn't either of us. I can't whistle on command, clearly, (laughs) as I've just shown. And I was right beside court the whole time, so it obviously wasn't her. Mm -hmm. I didn't see any other humans, like I said, in that cemetery either. And honestly, if it was a ghost or even just a human, it's still creepy as hell, regardless. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, we got what we were looking for. (laughs) That's true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There was another time when Court, our friend John, and I went to a small, very haunted, very creepy little cemetery in the Adirondacks, and I couldn't even get out of the car. (laughs) Court's cousin had some spooky things happen there, too. Like, every time that he went to exit his truck, the doors would lock. So he, like, couldn't leave. Yeah. I very distinctly remember them telling me that on the drive up. Uh -uh. Mm -mm. (laughs) But we pull up in my car with John driving, I believe, and I was just slunk down (laughs) in my back seat. It was my little cobalt coupe. Oh, yep. Uh huh. Yep. So I. I don't know. I, there was one point where I was like on the floor oh. <laughs> uh-huh. and the back like, get me out of here. <laughs> I felt like there were hands all over my car oh, and yeah. eyes just peering in. No. Curious as hell what we were doing there. Like imagine if you're in a zombie movie, right? No. And there's a horde of them around you and they know that you're food and you're alive in the car that they're outside of. Mm-mm. Like 10,000% that uh-uh. energy. Uh-uh. Yeah. And I used to and still do go to cemeteries all of the time. Sure. So I don't know what that was about. Yeah. I mean, I even did Quartz maternity shoot in a cemetery. Right. <laughs> Which, funny story, is the same cemetery that my friend Jocelyn, who does like all my tattoos, yeah. uh, she used to hang out in that same cemetery all the time. Oh. The one that's right by me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one I did Quartz maternity shoot right. in. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been that freaked out, though. Yeah. It was really weird. Yeah. But, ugh. Mm-hmm. And, and you know I can't do zombies. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God. 28 Days Later, Killian Murphy, hello. Okay, well. <laughs> but the movie Quarantine, <gasps> that scarred me for life. Yep. 
That was a good one. Do you remember that one Halloween when we went to Oakwood Cemetery and we tried using a Ouija board and it wasn't spelling out anything that made sense. Like it would go to a J and then an M and then a K. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, this is stupid. And we put it away. But you were like, if there's anybody around, can you give us a (gasps) sign? Can you make a noise for us? And then I was maybe 15 seconds later. Mm -hmm. The loudest bang on your car. It sounded like something had like hit your trunk. And like we felt the car move. Mm. And we were out in the open. So it wasn't like something fell off a tree or anything. But you said you like for like three weeks after that, you kept hearing like little knocks. Oh, until the day I got rid of the car. Oh, (laughs) no. Occasionally. It just there was no... Did you like sage or? Uh, no, I, I felt fine in there. It yeah. was just weird. <laughs> yeah, that but it, is. it was five knocks. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know what that was about either. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh-huh. Yeah. So let's switch gears. <laughs> Get it? I do. <laughs> Cars. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> anyway, we are on it today. <laughs> so let's go from our personal stories to our top five haunted places yeah. that we'd like to go. So Kels, do you want to start us off? Sure. <laughs> Would you like to make any guesses before? Hmm. Hmm. Queen Mary? Oh, no, but there is a ship. (laughs) Okay. All right. Some Navy ship. Yes. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Um, I'm going to say also Winchester Mystery House. No. I had it on my initial list. Oh, my God. So did I. And then I also took it off. Yes. It's really funny. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. I know. <laughs> Did you? Sarah's like, bitch, I'm a whole episode. <laughs> exactly. You That's know? why I took you yeah. off. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, I do have. To be fair. To be fair. <laughs> I do have one. Well, my top one is definitely an entire episode worth two. Mm-hmm. But everybody knows that one. So. Mm-hmm. Did you? This is me throwing my guess into the mm-hmm. ring. By any chance, choose the Titanic Museum. No, I should have. Yeah. Damn, that'd be a good one. Yeah. I thought for sure you would have been like, Titanic Museum. <sighs> no. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> Eastern State. No. Oh, okay. No, no. That's so funny Nuh-uh. because... <laughs> For whatever reason, I associate you with Eastern State. That is so funny. And I don't know why. why. (laughs) Yeah, I have no clue. Okay, well, I'm a loser. (laughs) And I'm a winner. (laughs) This is what winning looks like. So number five on my list 
is the Hoya Bachu Forest in Romania. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've wanted to visit this forest ever since I saw it featured on Destination Truth in 2009. Yep. I actually saw Josh Gates speak at the Egg in Albany like half a year before the pandemic. <laughs> but it's not Josh that intrigues me about this forest. It's the fact that many unexplained occurrences happen here. You've got phantom voices, an almost perfect circle where absolutely nothing grows, mm-hmm. EVP captures, UFO sightings, and people who visit the forest often report being physically touched by an unseen force. I remember on the Destination Truth episode, I think it was their cameraman, but he was sitting in the circle and something grabbed his arm from off of his lap and jerked it up so hard that he fell right onto his back. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number five for me, the Lizzie Borden House, located at 232nd Street in Fall River, Massachusetts. The Lizzie Borden House is where one of America's greatest unsolved murder cases took place on August 4th, 1892. This allegedly haunted building is the site of a gruesome and highly publicized murder. Although she was eventually acquitted, Lizzie Borden was suspected of killing her father and stepmother with a hatchet in the unassuming home. It has operated as a bed and breakfast and a museum since 96 to present day, where they also offer house tours, ghost tours, and ghost hunts. I personally would love to stay there and do a ghost tour someday. That sounds thrilling. I know. (laughs) I also have familial ties to Lizzie Borden. Her mom, Sarah Borden, was best friends with a cousin of mine, Mary Livermore. Sarah died when Lizzie was just three, but Mary was very outspoken about her belief of Lizzie's innocence during the trial. Hmm. Yeah, I have some other thoughts on that. Yeah. (laughs) But that's for another time. Yeah. (laughs) Good choice. Yeah. Number four for me is the USS North Carolina in North Carolina. Mm, you don't say. <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows that I love battleships, mm-hmm. which is why the USS North Carolina is number four on my list. Known as one of America's most haunted battleships, visitors to the ship regularly report hearing loud bangs in the sick bay. Multiple people have been touched. Hatches and doors open and close by themselves. Footsteps have been heard running throughout the ship, and Class A EVPs have been caught in many parts of the ship as well. Mm. One journalist who went ghost hunting with a paranormal team said that when he entered the area where six men had perished due to a torpedo hit, he got so overcome with what he called a tangible sadness that he couldn't help but openly weep. Hmm. Yeah, wow. I know. My number four, the Hoya Bachu Forest in Romania. (laughs) Yeah. As we know. Yep. (laughs) Unusual phenomena, odd voices, unexpected lights, strange shades, and a portal that provides access to parallel universes. In other words, it's an all-inclusive. It is. People who have gone into the forest witnessed skin burns, headaches, anxiety, have even fainted. Others have said that tormented spirits are haunting these woods. But what is the most unusual, as we know, (laughs) is a dead vegetation zone in the forest right in the middle. Or a circle of land just has nothing that grows. It's really weird if you look up a photo of it. I know. 
Residents of nearby towns claim that it's a portal and those who pass through it may never return. And once said to stand straight and tall, even the trees are now twisted into knots. Ooh. Mm. Good choice. Yeah. But, <laughs> hmm. Coming in at number three for me is the Sorrel Weed House in Georgia. Hmm. I've always wanted to visit Savannah, which is America's most haunted capital. Mm -hmm. But the Sorrel Weed House in particular has always fascinated me, which is why it's number three. Built on land that saw the bloodiest battle of the American Revolution, where over a thousand men died in one day (laughs) during the siege of Savannah in 1779. I know. I can't imagine. Mm -mm. Visitors to the house have heard loud footsteps and movement upstairs, except... That part of the building is closed off to visitors for safety reasons. Hmm. Phantom shadows and green and white lights have been spotted all over the house. EVPs have been captured of voices and screams. And full-bodied apparitions are regularly seen in and around the house, too. However, the weirdest occurrence in the Sorrel Weed House has to be the ghost of a male who only shows up in photographs, where he's Hmm. always pictured wearing brown suspenders and a white cravat. Hmm. I know. Stylish. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, number three, I put Corvin Castle, also in Romania. (laughs) Yeah. Good one. Allegedly, the castle's dungeon is the site where Vlad the Impaler was imprisoned for years, which caused him to go insane and his thoughts to become darker, increasing his desire for blood. (laughs) But he was not the only one held captive in the castle. The legend goes that three Turkish men were captured and asked to dig a well. They were promised that they would go free once they found water. The three souls, however, found their end as captives. Apparently, they wrote on the well's walls, you now have water, but you don't have a heart. Jeez. Imagine the energy that's just accumulated there from like, I know, slow insanity and yeah, hysteria. Yes. Oh, God, it has to be just brimming um, with doom (laughs) yeah doom is a good word doom is a good word second on my list is the bel-air house in ohio Mm. i've wanted to hunt ghosts in the bel-air house ever since it was featured on paranormal lockdown in 2017 Mm -hmm. communication between the spirit realm is insanely active in the bel-air house where seances are regularly held teams have caught hundreds of evps here a multitude of voices talk almost nonstop when teams use a spirit box. Wow. People have seen objects move on their own, including paranormal toys and equipment. And one spirit in particular has the ability to talk to multiple investigators in different parts of the house at the same time. Freaky stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't let that scare you, though. This home is where Ryan and Shane of BuzzFeed Unsolved caught their most infamous piece of evidence. Evidence. (laughs) Evidence. Evidence. (laughs) A phantom voice saying the words, Apple Tater. (laughs) What? (laughs) The voice also said spaghetti at one point. (laughs) Apple Tater. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Coming in at number two, the Paris Catacombs. Ooh. Yeah. 
Buried 20 meters underground, the Paris catacombs are a literal bone-chilling labyrinth filled with the remains of over 6 million Parisians. The tunnels, which were the result of 13th century mining, that's a long time ago, yeah, became a mass grave in the 18th century when the cemeteries in Paris began to overflow. Descend into the catacombs, and the air takes on a noticeable chill. Mm. I mean, like, sure, because you're underground, but... Of course. But you're also around six million bones. 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 (laughs) Mm -hmm. Whatever six million times... What what is it? 236? That's how many bones we have? I don't know. That's a lot. It is a lot. (laughs) A haunting inscription about the entrance to the catacombs reads, Arrête, c'est ici l'Empire de la Mort, or stop, this is the Empire of Death. All right. Above the entrance. Mm. Empire Empire of of Death. death. Sending spills down my chine. (laughs) See, to me, it's giving a little bit Star Wars. I'm... I've never seen Star Wars. The last time I saw Star Star Wars, I was like four, I think. So, but like I don't know, The Empire Strikes Back or whatever. Oh, the yeah, sure. I, I've heard that. I, I, <laughs> I don't know what it means, but I've heard it. I used to love it when I was a toddler. <laughs> so yes, The Empire of Death. The catacombs are open for tours, but we'd advise that you really don't get lost. Oh God! It's said that if you're inside the tunnels after midnight. The walls begin to speak. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. And coming in at number one, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, oh, West Virginia. Yeah. Mountain Mama. Yep. <laughs> I don't think he was singing about this place. No. It's been my top <laughs> paranormal destination since I was a teenager, though. Featured on shows such as Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, Destination Fear, even Conjuring with Kesha, this massive, <laughs> <laughs> this massive asylum closed its operations in 1994. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Like the Kesha? Yes. Like TikTok on the clock. Yes. Kesha. Brush my teeth with whiskey <laughs> and sleep with Mick Jagger. Wow. Kesha. Yes. She did a paranormal show? She did. I haven't off, seen it. Kesha. Okay. I haven't seen it, but I've seen a clip where she was somewhere, like, with a spirit box, and she was like, do you want me to leave? And the ghost goes, yes. Oh, my God. And she's like, oh, my God, are we being annoying? And the guy's just, like, on the voice box, he's like, yes. <laughs> Wait, it's like Jerry Seinfeld on the red carpet. When Kesha yes. comes up to give him a hug, she's like, oh my god, I love you. Can I give yeah. you a hug? He's like, oh, thank you. Yeah. No. No, no thanks. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah no, no. I'm good. <laughs> oh, okay. And then she leaves. He's like, I have no idea who that was. Yeah. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, ghost hunting with Kesha. Yeah, so it's been on there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And, like I said, closed its operations, 1994. But mm-hmm. many souls have seemingly never left. Hmm. In fact, ghosts are so prevalent in the asylum that some even have names. Lily, Jesse, and Jim, all former patients, are frequently spotted throughout the building. People have heard voices, whistling, moaning, and loud bangs echoing in the halls. 
Class A EVP captures are frequent. Shadow figures have been seen in every part of the asylum. Doors slam open and close by themselves. Full-bodied apparitions are regularly seen walking down halls or entering rooms. And visitors to the asylum often report being touched by an unseen force. Hmm. However, the biggest scare of the asylum might just be its size. Ghost hunting can be scary enough, but how would you like to do it in a pitch black, 242,000 square foot stone building? I'm good on that. <laughs> Maybe with like a team of people. Oh my God, and a yeah. bunch of flashlights. <laughs> yes, that's the only way I could do that, is if a bunch of people were there too. And you know what? Give me a, a candle and a lantern too, because... Yeah. That oh, yeah. doesn't use batteries. Right. You know? Right. Oh, oh I would any... wear like a high-vis vest and everything. <laughs> I'm here, ghosts. Here I am. Hello. <laughs> I'm not sneaking up on you. Don't sneak up on me. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Coming in at number one, we've got... The old Absinthe House, oh, New Orleans. Oh. Yeah. I should have guessed New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I was talking about Mardi Gras earlier. I know. <laughs> Dropping hints. <laughs> <laughs> At 240 Bourbon Street, New Orleans, sits the haunted old Absinthe House. And I think I've brought this up maybe once or twice here or there, mm. just like a little yeah. sprinkle. Yeah. In an episode somewhere. I don't know. I don't know what one, though. I don't remember. Me either. Anywho. For about 200 years, the old Absinthe House bar has been a staple of life. And of the afterlife. (laughs) In the French Quarter. It is haunted by famous customers, allegedly, who used to drink there. And one could imagine that you might pull up a stool next to voodoo queen Marie Laveau. Or the pirate Jean Lafitte. Doors open and close on their own, while bottles, glasses, and chairs have been seen moving around the bar. And I, I mean, honestly, give me good atmosphere, a classic bar, New Orleans, and ghosts. Yes. I mean, that's it for me. It ticks all the boxes. (laughs) It does. (laughs) Some honorable mentions. The Stanley, of course. Of course. We did dedicate an entire episode to this haunted hotel. Episode nine. Yep. So (laughs) if you're curious, go check it out. Yeah. Also, I'd love to say that I'd like to go to the Bell Witch House, (gasps) but I could feel that absolutely horrific energy through the screen of Sam and Colby's video on that. So if you're curious about that, just head on over there. (laughs) Yeah. And I couldn't even finish that, so probably I, not going to go there I for had me. to try and watch it twice. I got like 15 minutes in nope. the first time, and yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't do this right <laughs> well, now. Well, this is as far as it goes for me. Yeah. So. <laughs> Great episode. <laughs> yeah. and I almost put the Bell Witch Caves, too. But oh. like you said, I'd love to go there. Uh-huh. Would I, though? Mm-mm. I don't, I don't want to be the in a cave. I the for that. No. I don't want to be in a cave. Mm. Mm-mm. Nope. If I couldn't even finish the video, that's true. I'm not going to the the property. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and speaking of finishing things, let's finish up this episode. <laughs> really, really good segue right there. That, that was. Mm-hmm. But again, we want to thank our listeners for submitting their stories, Rich and Jazz, and also for you all for hanging out with us twice a month. So... 
You want to tell them where else they can find us online, Kels? Yeah. You can find us on Instagram at the Castaways Pod, all one word. On TikTok at the underscore castaways underscore pod. And you can also send us an email at thecastaways.pod at gmail.com. Once again, we're your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kelsey. And we're the Castaways. part of that house though probably <laughs> probably <laughs> probably <laughs> oh excuse you sir <laughs> sir <laughs> i'm working here <laughs> the great <laughs> the creepiest the grippiest, the grabbiest, <laughs> the groupiest, the, gr- <laughs> the gringiest. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Grippiest. <laughs> the grapest. Do you remember that from the Waves Kids You Know? Yes. The grapest. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Okay. Ah, youth. (laughs) I know. It's wasted on the young. Oh, and R.I.P. to... Shit, what was his name? (laughs) The tallest guy from (laughs) The Whitest Kids I Know. Oh, um... Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, no. It wasn't Adam, was it? (sighs) I don't know. I don't remember, but I was following that shit so closely when that happened. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Anyways... (laughs) Back to Jazz's story. <laughs> the... I literally almost said the creepiest. <laughs> what the fuck? <clears throat> okay. Okay. <clears throat> and back to Jazz's story. <laughs> Take three. <laughs> Did you just see that? Like you're closing the marker? Yeah. Take four. <laughs> Woo! It's a Friday. <laughs> Friday. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Action. Located at 232nd Street in Rip... Riverfall? In River Falls. Mystic Falls. Mystic Falls. And now we're in Georgia. <laughs> Ghost hunting can be... Sp- can be squarely enough. <laughs> <laughs> Go Chinese, really scary. scary. <laughs> <laughs>